There we go. <laughs> now I think I can really welcome you here. Hey, we're still really glad you're here. And if you've just joined us in the last minute, we're glad you're with us. And if you're online, we're glad you're at home with us there too. On this cold, not cold, but dreary, gray, rainy, post-home game, still go Hokies, Sunday morning. And so since you're with us, we'd love to have you stand if you're able. Wonder if we have a sound guy up there. There he is. We're starting super alert this morning. I hope you are too. <laughs> and so we're going to start off uh, with some worship music. We'd love to hear you sing along with us. That always um, makes it just feel better in the house of the Lord when you can join us singing praises. Um, let's sing together. Are you ready? One, two, ready.
We're glad you're here this morning. And we, we come to worship a God that is holy, a God that has created this beautiful world for us, um, and a God that we have the honor of being able to thank and praise and lift up his name. And so um, on this next song, just remember how holy he is and lift these words up to him and so that we can get our minds in the right frame for learning and worshiping this morning.
bow your head and pray with us? Dear God, thank you so much for bringing us together today. And God, we thank you for the promise that we can come however we are. We can come broken. We can come wounded, and you're going to heal us. God, we are thankful for you this morning. And we're thankful that even when it's cloudy and, and rainy outside, that you are our light. And Lord, we just ask that you shine through us today and every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Tommy is not with us uh, this morning. Uh, he has recovered from, from COVID, and um, he tested negative, I think, uh, Thursday or Friday, but uh, he's on a trip that has been planned for some time to, to the big sky country, to, to Montana, so he, he's away uh, today. We are continuing uh, our series of messages on created to dream, the six phases God uses to, to grow our faith. In the first week, we, we learned that we're created in God's image and that he's given all of us the capacity to dream. He's given us divine imaginations and we need to use that ability that he's given us to, to dream. And then the second Sunday, we talked about the need to discover God's particular dream for us. Uh, we don't want to dream just any old dream. We want to, to identify the dream that God has for us. And then the third week, we learned about the importance of making wise decisions when, when we pursue our dreams. And then last week, we focused on what to do when our dreams are delayed for whatever reason. It's at times like this that we need to realize that God is at work in us and he's working through us to, to build our characters, to shape us into the people that he created us to be. And what do, so what do we do when our dreams are delayed? We walk by faith. We walk by faith. So this morning, I want to share with you some thoughts about facing difficulties. Fulfilling our God-given dreams is not without its problems. Difficulties do arise, and we need to be able to face them. We need to be able to respond to them and not allow them to, to derail our dreams. You know, a number of years ago, my wife Luann and I went to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and we, we visited the home of uh, President Dwight Eisenhower and his, his wife Mamie. It's located in a valley just adjacent to the famous Civil War battlefield. Interestingly, President Eisenhower and his family had always lived in, in government housing. I don't know if y'all consider the White House to be government housing, but it is. Uh, he'd been a career soldier, and then he was the commander-in-chief. And then following his two terms as president, he and his wife were able to retire to this beautiful farm in, in Pennsylvania. And they lived there until he died in 1969. Well, in an interview with the, the journalist Walter Cronkite, he was asked why he bought the farm. And the president replied, I have a dream. I have a dream to take this land and to leave it in better shape than I found it. Now, 
here's a man who had a distinguished career that included being the supreme commander of all the Allied forces during World War II. He was the first commander of, of NATO, and then he served two terms as the president of the United States. He's still dreaming. He's still dreaming at an advanced age and after a full public service to his country and for that matter to the world, instead of saying, I just want to retire and do nothing, maybe play golf, he's still dreaming. I have a dream to take this land and leave it in better shape than I found it. The fact is that God created all of us to dream. Now, we all have dreams, or I hope so. Everyone needs to have goals. They need to have aspirations. They need to have a vision, something we're, we're aiming to do or to accomplish. They can be very simple things, or they can be very, very grand things. But as individuals, we need to dream, or we end up just wasting our, our lives away. And before we know it, we end up looking back and saying, well, you know, I, I wish I had had dreamed more. I, I wish I had aspired to something greater. But we also need to dream as a community of faith. You know, a church that doesn't dream, a church that's constantly just looking backward and not looking forward, is going to stagnate. It's going to regress. Like individuals, churches need to have goals. They need to have something to aspire to. They need a vision that motivates it. We want to leave this church better than we, uh, when we arrived. But as we all know and experience, sometimes our dreams get sidetracked. Obstacles of all kinds get thrown in the way and we find it difficult to reach our dreams. And sometimes the obstacles to fulfilling our dreams, they're of our own making. But sometimes events transpire or things happen beyond our, our control that keep us from fulfilling our dreams to, or at least make them more, more difficult. Well, our scripture lesson for today is from the, the book of Exodus, and it's a prime example of obstacles being thrown in the way of people's dreams. Now, this is a familiar story to, to, to most of us. Uh, I'm not going to read it because it's quite lengthy, but I'll be referring to it. Uh, the Hebrew people have just been released from hundreds of years in slavery in Egypt, and they've been led by the, the prophet Moses to go to the land of their dreams, the, the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the land of their, their forefathers and foremothers. And now just as they believe that their dreams are going to be fulfilled, they come to the shores of the Red Sea and they realize that Pharaoh's army is in pursuit of them. They're quickly approaching and their intentions are not just to keep them from fulfilling their dreams of reaching the promised land, but to snuff them out completely. Well, we don't have to use our imaginations to know what the Hebrew people must have been thinking when they realized they were indeed between a rock and a hard place. They're totally afraid. They began to cry out in terror to God and they, they turned to their leader Moses. They begin to weep and to wail and to cry out. They say, were the cemeteries in Egypt not large enough so that you had to bring us here in the wilderness to die? 
What have you done? Back in Egypt, didn't we tell you this would happen? Didn't we say we're better off as slaves in Egypt than as corpses in the wilderness? Well, have you ever been in that kind of place before? A rock in a hard place? Why in the world did I ever start chasing this dream? What was I thinking? Why did I allow myself to get into this mess? Now look at me. I'm not only not going to be able to fulfill my dreams, but I perhaps may lose everything I had. Why wasn't I just satisfied where I was? Have you ever been to that place? Well, if you've dreamed big enough, you, you probably have. What do we do when our dreams, when we find ourselves in this kind of position where obstacles have been thrown in the way of our dreams and they, they seem in our own small minds to, to be shattered? What do we do? How can we keep the dream alive? How can we make the land uh, a better place when the droughts come, when the floods come, when the insects begin to infest the place, when the fertilizer doesn't work, when the place dries up and is on the verge of dying. What do we do when our backs are to the sea and the armies of Pharaoh are bearing down on us, threatening to kill our dreams, if not annihilate us altogether? I think one of the first things we can do is to have the long view, the long view. You know, if we only focus on our immediate circumstances, we will most definitely be defeated and our dreams will go unfulfilled. Rome wasn't built in a day. You've heard that. We've all heard that before. Now, we know the end of the story here. Uh, we know that God saved the Hebrew people at the Red Sea and they eventually made it to the point where they were about to fulfill their dreams. They were about to cross into the promised land. But before they did, you may remember that God told Moses to send some spies out to, into the, uh, the promised land and then to come back and report what they had discovered. Are the people few or many? Are they weak? Are they strong? Is the land good? Is it bad? Is it fat? Is it lean? So these men, they go out and they spy out the land. And when they return, the spies report that, well, yes, the, the land indeed is filled with uh, milk and honey. The people were very large and their cities were fortified. And there was no way that the Hebrew people would be able to overcome it and inhabit it. We became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Well, the Hebrew people began to cry out and weep and grumble against Moses and his brother Aaron. Oh, that we had died in the hands of Egypt or in the wilderness. Well, it was then that Caleb, one of the spies, spoke up. He said, yes, the land is ex an exceedingly good land. Uh, it's flowing with milk and honey. The people are strong who occupy it. Yes, their cities, they're fortified. But if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into the land and he will deliver it to us. 
Well, to make a long story short, the Lord wasn't pleased with the people. He said, how long are they going to spurn me? How long will they not believe in me? Despite all the signs that I've given them, they've put me to the test. They've not listened to my voice. Therefore, by no means will I help bring them into uh, the land and help them take possession of it, except for my servant, Caleb, who had a different spirit, the Bible says, and Joshua. They believed and followed me fully. As for the rest of the people, their corpses will fall in the wilderness. For 40 years they will suffer for their unfaithfulness to me. 40 years, 40 years, the Hebrew people ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years before they could achieve their dreams. Well, let's jump ahead. 40 years. Everyone's died except for Caleb and Joshua. Caleb says to Joshua, I was 40 years old and Moses sent me to spy out the land and I brought the word back to him and it was in my heart. I followed the Lord fully. I'm still as strong as I was in the day Moses sent me as my strength was, was, was then. So my strength is now for war and for going out and coming in. Now give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that the giants were there with the great fortified cities. But the Lord, he will be with me and they will be driven out just as the Lord has spoken know about just well just a little over a week ago that great theologian singer songwriter Jimmy Buffett passed away and I began listening to Jimmy Buffett when I was in college over 40 years ago can you believe that Eric yeah you know Buffett had a lot of ups and downs in his life and career things didn't go always the way he wanted them to certainly not as quickly as he had hoped uh, they would but uh, he once gave some advice to a friend of his about the importance of taking the long view. He said, as a longtime fisherman, I can say with some authority, keep trolling out there. You never know what's going to wind up at the end of your rod. In the line of work where successful careers are far and few between, Jimmy Buffett had learned the value of taking the long view. Keep trolling. You never know what's going to wind up on the end of your rod. Well, in order to take the long view and keep our dreams alive, we can't do it under our own strength. We can try, but we will almost certainly fail. We need to have the Lord's strength. So let's get back to the Hebrew people at the Red Sea. The army of Pharaoh is fast approaching. It looks bad. It's catastrophic. The people are in terror. They're blaming their leader, Moses, for getting them into this predicament. The dream is coming to an end. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. And then the Lord speaks to Moses. He says, tell the sons of Israel to move forward. And as for you, 
lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it and the sons of Israel will go through it in the midst of the sea on dry land. So Moses stretches his hand over the sea and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong wind all night and he turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were, were like a wall on the left and a wall on the right and the people, they walked through the sea. Meanwhile, the Lord hardened the hearts of the Egyptians so that they took pursuit of the Israelites into the midst of the sea. And the scripture says the Lord caused the wheels of the chariots to, to swerve and to, to make them drive with difficulty. And he brought the army of Pharaoh into confusion. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand again over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. And Moses did as he said, and he stretched out his hand, and the sea returned to normal while the Egyptians were riding into it, and they were, they were destroyed. Not one of them remained. Thus the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, keeping the dream alive. When they saw the great power of the Lord, Scripture says, the people believed in him. You know, as I was thinking about this message, about the Lord telling Moses to stretch out his hand, I thought of a couple of other occasions where God told someone to stretch out their hand. It's the Sabbath day, and Jesus as was his custom, he went to the synagogue to worship. And as he entered, he saw a man whose hand was withered. And Jesus speaks directly to that disabled man, and he invites him to approach him. And he says to him, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. And the man stretches it out, and it's restored and then on another occasion, Jesus has an encounter with a man who's in need of healing. He's a leper. And he comes to Jesus. He falls on his knees before him, and he, he begs Jesus to, to make him clean. And he says to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, this time he stretches out his hand, and he says to the leper, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left the man's body and he was cleansed. So what about us? Are there not many occasions when our dreams are in danger of dying? Are there not times when we have perhaps defined ourselves by our handicaps? by our difficulties, by our obstacles that are in our way, or even our failures. And in doing so, we choose to remain less than what God wants us to be. Is there not in all of us a part of us that needs to be healed by God? We're all disabled in some form or fashion, our souls withered and, and in need of being revived. And the good news is that we have a choice. We have a choice. Everybody, every day, we can choose between a withered view of life or the abundant life that God has in store for us. Like the man with the withered hand, we can choose to respond to the one who calls us to get up, 
get up and come forward and who invites us to stretch out our hands. He can, he will heal the withered portions of our lives that keep us from fulfilling our dreams. But not only do we need to have a long view, and not only do we need to depend upon God's strength to fulfill our dreams, we want to finish well. We want to finish well. You know, the Apostle Paul had a lot to say about that. He wrote to his protege, Timothy, encouraging him to focus on finishing. He writes to Timothy, For the time is coming where people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth, and they'll wander off in the mist. As for you, however... Always be sober-minded, endure sufferings, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. In other words, Timothy, there are a different set of expectations for you. Don't give up. Carry through to the end. Run till God says the time is up. Now, some of y'all... Um, may be old enough to remember this, this story. Uh, in the 1968 Olympics held in Mexico City, John Stephen Aquari was a runner who represented Tanzania in the marathon. Now, he didn't win a medal. In fact, he came nowhere near it. But in defeat and in pain, he came to represent something much more profound and enduring Akwari was never likely to, to win the marathon, but his chances were completely destroyed when because of the effects of the high altitude in Mexico City, he began to suffer cramps in his legs. That was painful enough, but worse was to come. As the runners were jockeying for position on the track, uh, Akwari falls to the ground, gashing his knee, causing a dislocation, most people assume that he would just pull out of the race and go to the hospital, but instead he, he gets, receives medical attention. He returns to the track. He resolves to uh, complete the event. 18 of the other 75 starters had, had already pulled out. And more than an hour after the winner had crossed the finish line, Aquari crosses the line in last place cheered home by a few thousand spectators who had remained in the stadium after the sun had gone down. He was limping, his bandage was around his leg, was flapping in the breeze. And he was asked why he carried on. He said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. He said, they sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. Paul wrote to Timothy, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. We need to finish well. What is your dream? What are you struggling? Are you struggling to keep the dream alive? Are you focused on just the immediate circumstances of your life, the difficulties, the obstacles? Or do you have the long view? Are you depending just on yourself to keep the dream alive? Or are you willing to depend upon the strength of the Lord? What must you do to stretch out your hand to be transformed by God? 
God is already stretching out his hand. He's willing to help us. He's willing to give us the strength we need if only we trust in him. Are you tempted to give up on your dream? Are you prepared to keep the faith and to finish well? God didn't send us here to start the race. He sent us here to complete it. Therefore, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, so that we may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you for the testimony of Scripture. And we know that Scripture is filled with people who, who dreamed that you gave them a dream and they walked by faith and in spite of all the obstacles, all the difficulties, they continued to, to walk and to trust in you and to depend upon you for, for all their strength. So Lord, help us when we face difficulties to have the long view, to depend upon you and help us, Lord, to finish well. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you stand if you're able and enjoy singing this last worship song with us?
Amen. Thank you for being here today. I trust it's been a time of worship. Uh, our invitation is, as it always is, if there's someone here that's never received Jesus as Savior of their life, we invite you to come and to do that. And we can share with you how you might do that. Or maybe some other commitment you'd like to make. Or join in the life of this church. We believe that God is at work here at Church on Main. And we invite you to come and be a part of what we believe he is doing here. I do have a couple of announcements. Next Sunday, we're going to have one worship. It's going to be a unified worship at 10 o'clock. And uh, uh, it's called Servanthood Sunday. And uh, following the service, we'll be having lunch. And then we'll be having two mission projects for people to be involved in. One is a bed build uh, being led by Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And then the second is Rise Against Hunger, which is putting together uh, mills. Uh, we hope to uh, build 30 beds and to package 10,000 meals. And so we're going to need between 80 and 100 people to, to do that. And so you can go online and you can register for that. We'd like to know if we're going to have uh, enough people to do that. I believe that we, we will. Uh, the second thing is, is that Paul and Julie Mealy are leading a home group beginning tomorrow night at their home. Uh, it begins at 645. The study is the God we can know, exploring the I am sayings of, of Jesus. It's going to be a great study and be a great time of fellowship. You can go online and register that, for that as well and pick up a book in the office. Um, so thank you again. Oh, the other thing I want to say is for those of you who are college students, uh, we have a life group at 11 o'clock and it meets in the hop which is House on Progress, and it's right behind uh, the church here. Eric Cross, his wife Katie, lead that, that group. And so we invite you to come and be, be a part of that, uh, that study together. So let's have our benediction, shall we? Now may God, who has given us the world and all that is in it, give us the grace to live in it this week and to be alert to all of life's possibilities and the opportunities we have to dream, to love, to laugh, and to serve him in all that we do and all that we say. Amen. <laughs>